0: Friday, 2nd December 2011. Homosexuals are special, they can vote people out of their club. Heterosexuals whine that their institutionalised racist breeder money has been cut by gosh, 7% high Sherlock. And the three stages of Top Gun and more from the CBS Interactive Christmas Party. This is the 9pm edict. Hello, I'm Stilgerian, and I agree with the Daily Telegraph. Okay, that's uh, all a little too confronting for you to deal with after all this time, isn't it? All this time since the last episode. Okay, we'll work up to the Daily Telegraph thing. Let's start off with faggots then, shall we? Not all faggots, certain quite specific faggots. Namely those connected with the North American Gay Amateur Athletic Alliance, the NAGAAA, which presumably is pronounced nagah. Which makes me wonder what an Australian version of that organisation would be, the Australian Gay Amateur Athletic Alliance or AGA! AGA mate, AGA NAG, AAA, and everyone connected with the 2008 Gay Softball World Series is the problem here. And my attention was drawn to this debacle by John Safran, who has a radio program and who makes TV series and stuff like that, all of which seem to centre around his failed relationships, his ongoing struggle with religion, and certain desperate needs for attention. Shut up, we're talking about John Safran here, all right? Actually, let's not go there. There's enough suppressed weirdness from the id in this podcast as it is without dragging saffron into it. Monsters, John. Monsters from the id. Back to Seattle. The Seattle Times has the story. Taking part in the 2008 Gay Softball World Series was a San Francisco-based team with the rather glamorous name of d Two. The team did well, it came second in the series. But along the way, there were persistent rumors that the gay team had actually been stacked with straight players. More than the officially allowed number of two straights per team. Now, according to Wikipedia, softball teams have between 10 and 14 players. So that means you can dilute the gayness by 14 to 20% before the gayness becomes homeopathic. When D2 made it to the finals, other teams filed a protest. A protest committee was formed and five suspected straight players had to front up to a room of around 25 people, some of them complete strangers, to be interrogated about their sex lives. And the committee decided that based on their answers, three of the five men were not gay. Stephen Appalato, Laren Charles and John Russ. The men were, quote, evasive or, quote, refused to answer questions about their sexuality. Well, yeah, off you go. Mr. Charles claimed to be gay, but acknowledged being married to a woman. Mr. Appellado initially said he was both gay and straight, but then acknowledged being more attracted to women. The players were disqualified, the team was disqualified, their second place trophy was denied. Well, the three men sued. They said they weren't given the option of saying they were bisexual, even though bisexual players count as gay. This is an interesting kind of mathematics, isn't it? Apparently someone at the hearing said, this is not a bisexual World Series, this is a gay World Series. Well, case one team reinstated, trophy awarded, players get damages, amount undisclosed. But for fuck's sake, what has where you put your dick got to do with playing softball? There's a joke there, do I have to say it out loud? Do I? Do I? Now, the National Centre for Lesbian Rights has bought into this. They actually represented the three disqualified players. Their group wants NGAAA to delete its roster limits on straight players altogether, because that'll then include gay players who are in the closet or choose not to put a label on their sexuality. But why can't you all get over this bullshit and play softball? For fuck's sake, gay isn't a proper sexuality anyway. It's just a haircut and a variety of irritating nasal whine logged for market research purposes. And let's think about this. Imagine the furor if the Cronulla Sharks, the Australian rugby league team, dumped a player because he'd slept with a man. Oh, you say, but the whole point of the gay sports league is, uh, where's this thing in the news story? These are the words of US District Judge John Kuhnauer, Nagar had a constitutional right to limit the number of straight players as a means of promoting their message that openly gay, bisexual and transgendered individuals can thrive in competitive sports. I'm not quite sure of the joined upness of that kind of thinking, but, you know, he's a judge, so there you go. OK, so the gay team has to have most of its players actually being gay. Well, what about the Cronulla Sharks? How many of them are actual sharks, not a fucking one of them? And this is the idiocy. How the fuck can sharks even play rugby anyway? Sharks don't even have those great beefy bums that you can shove your nose into during the scrums. Actually, I grew up in an Australian rule state, so I don't know what that actually means. Someone told me that if I said it, it'd be funny. But I'm fairly sure sharks don't have bums. And saying bums is, like, automatically funny, isn't it? It's like saying duck or bees. I stole that joke from someone. If it was you, please write and complain and I'll tell you to get over yourself. Anyway, if they kicked players out of the Coronella Sharks for having sex with a man, how many would be left? Right, enough about faggots. Breeders. (laughs) That's The Breeders. I could listen to them all day. The Breeders, a band formed by Kim Deal, who was the bass player in The Pixies, and her sister. Back in 1994, they played The Big Day Out, and I knew they were important because some of the presenters at 3D Radio in Adelaide, where for a period I was the station manager, well, they told me they were, and I listened, and I agreed. The 1994 Big Day Out also featured a young Icelandic singer called Bjork, and I reckon that she could do okay one day. Breeders, if you're a visitor from Planet Sensible, you'll soon be amused and or shocked and or face-palming your head desk into your intergalactic cornflakes when you discover that here in the lucky country, anyone managing to master the rather complicated skill of making a baby is given a cash reward. It's called the baby bonus. It really is. And I find that amazing. I mean, it was sold politically as being about addressing the problems of our ageing population and falling fertility rates, certain sectors of the economy. The economy again. I went on about that in a previous episode. Certain sectors of the economy are experiencing a labour shortage, and we're all living longer, so we need more younger people to work hard and pay taxes so that old people can be cared for. We need to encourage more population. So I'd imagine this cash handout would be called something like the fertility subsidy or the spawning assistance scheme. But no, Baby bonus. It's like the government is run by four-year-olds with a vocabulary of 27 words. Well, earlier this week, the government announced it's MYFO, M-Y-E-F-O, the Mid-Year Economic and Fiscal Outlook. I mean, fiscal's not even a word. Anyway, it's financial. Can't you manage three fucking syllables, you lazy prick? See the idea of an annual budget with the government setting a plan and then seeing how it all went a year later? Apparently, that doesn't work so well anymore because apparently, shock, horror, oh, fuck me dead, I'd never thought of this, sometimes, as the year goes along, things change? Who knew? So in the Maifo... They had to cut back on some expenses so that we could pay for things like, oh, you know, rebuilding 11 to 12 percent of Queensland that was flooded out of existence and America turning to shit. So the baby bonus, the bang one out for Costello scam was cut from, I don't know, fifty four hundred dollars to five grand or something like that. As I said at the front of the podcast, seven percent. Oh, nose go the breeders. You are destroying our families because how will we make babies if we can't have money afterwards? Look, what is this? Government as rich Uncle Vincent handing out red envelopes at every significant life event? And having a baby is so expensive, we need assistance? Well, that's bullshit too. There's plenty of places on this planet where people have babies, quite successfully have babies, and they grow up to be interesting and healthy and intelligent people, and they don't have $5,000 in the whole bloody year, let alone as some random gift because you've figured out what your uterus is for. Now... When I pointed this out the other day, not quite in those terms, but pretty fucking close, someone said, well, we need the bonus because we need people to have babies because we need to be taken care of in our old age and stuff. So you're telling me that the most efficient way to solve the staff shortages in nursing homes which we apparently already have, is to breed random babies in the hope that 30 years from now they'll decide that a career in bum wiping and the sponge bathing of wrinkly genitals is the future they'd imagine for themselves after watching 30 episodes of You Think You Can Dance series 28 and Jersey Shore The Botox Years. Well, here's a thought. There's thousands of people who'd love to come to Australia to live right now. And they'd be happy to sponge bath my bum, and so would I, not because they've got any kind of fetish, though, you know, I'd understand if they did, but that's their business, and like it's any different from that thing with the dog costume, Lee. Of course it's not, and we both know it's not. Um, Did you give me your number, by the way? Anyway, refugees, that's what I'm talking about. Plenty of people who would be prepared, at least for a while, to, uh, you know, hang out in the unglamorous low-Botox industries in exchange for the right to live here. Hey, they do it right now, because it beats being shot in the head by your own government's police forces. But apparently, we pay tens of thousands, nay, hundreds of thousands of dollars per refugee to fuck them off somewhere, and then pay more money to our reluctant baby makers to have a go at the beast with two backs without the magic packet of 28 pills in two colours. Well, it's all good for the GDP, I suppose. The economy doesn't care if you're digging a hole or filling it in it's all economic activity it's like masturbating with the webcam on well maybe not for you but heck it pays the bills and after a while I will say it doesn't feel as degrading as I'd imagined and anyway the whole baby bonus thing it's only a little bit racist so that's okay isn't it <music> Well, welcome to the edict. Uh, if it's your first time here, well, uh, this is you know pretty much how this podcast goes. Around about this point, I'd uh, usually get really shitty about something that's happened this week, and I'd pronounce an edict about it. Sometimes it's even humorous. But this week, well, CBS Interactive. I mean, I work for them occasionally for the ZDNet Australia masthead. Uh, The Patch Monday podcast I do for them. That's the one where I'm not allowed to call people cunts. And I write words for them, too, often about what's been happening in the federal court. And when I do that, I even put pants on for you people. I suppose I should uh, try to renegotiate that with Justice Bennett uh, because, you know, she uh, seems to be a bit of a good sport Well, CBS Interactive had their Christmas party last night. So that's ZDNet and CNET and GameSpot and Tech Republic and probably some other stuff I missed. Sorry if I, uh, you know, left uh, anyone out there. But the theme was Childhood Hero. Now, I reckon there should be a special level of hell reserved for people who plan theme parties. For fuck's sake, we can enjoy each other's company without stupid Gimmicks. And some of us have, like, enough things to organize in our lives without having to think about an entire bunch of clothes that'll be worn once. But, you know, would I ever spoil anyone else's fun? No. Fuck no. I celebrate the rich diversity of humanity without any sense of superiority or moral outrage or sneering condescension. And I'd never do that, nor sarcasm. So, to get into the mood of it, I thought, you know, well, I'll ask everyone why they chose the hero they had uh, and uh, you know that way we can preserve some audio mementos of the event so in this extended edition of the edict we're going to hear everyone explaining their stupid lame fucking costumes sorry this is actually turning out to be a lot more difficult a lot more difficult than you can possibly imagine i not only had to talk to these people i had to listen back to the recordings multiple times as i decided which order to put them in and edit them and check that the volume was right and like normally back when i worked for abc radio you know uh, you'd run a vox pop as these things are called vox populi Latin for voice of the people as if these fucking proles matter Anyway, you'd run it for maybe three or five minutes. You know, you'd have eight people. You'd have three for the question, three against, a funny one and a stupid one, and voila, ABC fucking balanced coverage. Piss easy. But, like, everyone at the CBS party was like a media egomaniac or some PR and marketing droid whose entire bloody existence is about drawing attention to themselves. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at fucking me. So instead of going for, you know, three or four or five minutes, this vox pop is like 18 minutes long. Because if I'd lift anyone out, I'd be spending the whole of next week responding to emails and massaging fragile little fucking egos about, oh, Jesus, life's too short for that crap. So basically, here's everyone. Now there's three things to explain first. One, my microphone has a furry cover which is called the Dead Kitten. Two, these people are professional people, media and communications professionals. So bear that in mind as you listen to their responses. And three, the questions I asked everyone were, who are you? Where are you from? Who is your childhood hero tonight and why? Enjoy or suffer. I mean, I really don't care which.
1: I'm Sally, I'm from CBS, I work in San Francisco, and I'm Raphael the Ninja Turtle. I'm passionate, jealous, fiery, don't mess with me. Yeah, there you go.
2: Hello, Stigerian. I am here with my Danger Mouse costume from the 80s. He is Britain's most incredible secret agent, and he is there wherever danger is, ready to rescue the world.
1: Yep, I'm the devil. I'm here from hell. I heard this was going to be a kick-ass party and I I should have been here. I'm be causing mischief a little bit later on. My name's Ed, Edmund Tran. I'm the video producer for CBS. I'm just the Punisher because he basically kills criminals.
3: And I like him because he has a great work ethic. And that's going to apply to my everyday life. I am every cricketer from the 70s all rolled into one. Oh, well, you know, you've got to do it. Why, why restrict myself to one man? Well, that, that's what I say. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we've, what, what, 20 seconds and we've gone there already? <laughs> we have. Um, thank you. Uh, my name's James. I'm from Citrix. I used to be part of the CBS team. And um, Wonder Woman was my hero, obviously. I didn't, I didn't do the hot pants, just for the benefit of everyone else. I, I don't recall Wonder Woman having quite as much hair on her chest. <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't mind dressing up, but going the extra mile takes a little bit more, so. Especially when you're not actually drinking this evening. That's the hardest one, so. <laughs> Hello! Hello! <laughs> Who are you? Where are you from? Please don't fondle my dead kitten. Who are you? Where are you from? It's a tribble, isn't it? Is it a tribble? Uh, well, it
1: could be. I'm mean, assuming it's a tribble with triple. I can oh. only shoot if it looks like that.
3: That was David Gerald's episode of the Star Trek. He was the writer.
1: Yes, I know. <laughs> Thank you for a clarifying.
3: Okay. So who are you? Where are you from? Who's your hero tonight and why?
1: Amanda Conroy from Espresso Communications, and I am channeling my Samantha Stevens Bewitched.
3: Why that choice? Well, if you had
1: a, um, a mother who looked like Endora, you'd just want to channel that. So, And two husbands who were possibly gay. Well, my name's Greg, but tonight I'm
2: Ken. Um, I love Barbie, as you can see on my back. I'm from CBS Interactive, and my hero, who would my hero be? Um, My hero is probably my parents, if I'm being honest, because, yeah, they're lovely people. They're so generous, and I wish I was as generous as they were to me. It'll never happen, but I wish I was.
0: Well, I'm my hero. I, tonight I came as professional Barbie. As you can see, I'm wearing
3: the full pink outfit with the big giant pumps. But the change I have is the massive spikes on it. Can you see? Are they dangerous or what? Those spikes are dangerous. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm Joe from CBS.
0: I come out monkey magic. I thought it would be a unique choice. I was wrong. I was dead wrong. There's a couple of monkeys here tonight. I should have come as Han Solo. You know, like, someone who really meant something to me. So,
2: anyway, I'm enjoying myself nonetheless. I've got stage fright. I am monkey. He is monkey. There are too many monkeys. Like
1: a million monkeys
2: here. But am I the best monkey? The answer you're searching That's for is okay. yes. Listen. You are a much better monkey than him. I was, I was hitting the gym monkey Oh, I don't know And he's winter monkey, I'm summer monkey
1: Ah, winter monkey and summer monkey I'm a super test lab dude I'm Matt
3: from
0: NX Test Lab And I'm not. A, I'm just in my normal attire
3: But you're wearing here a uh, T-shirt with a, a Superman-like logo with a T instead of an S It says super test lab dude
1: Yeah, because I'm not very original We're engineers, right? And someone asked me, why am I wearing my underpants on the outside? I said they get dirty otherwise. So, come on, man, come on.
3: Oh, I'm Fatima. I'm from Strasburg, and my hero is not Matt Tip.
2: <laughs> because those undies are scary. <laughs> I'm Ross it. I uh, come from a company called Resight, back in England, and my hero is Michael Hutchins. So, how's the belt around my head? Yeah, yeah. It's his idea. <laughs> so you, you're basically a puppet? Because he's getting me leered so many times because I look like him. Everybody blames me.
1: <laughs> I'm wearing my underpants on the outside. I'm Josh Taylor, journalist at Zedin Australia, and my hero is the Doctor from Doctor Who. No matter what everyone else is dressed up as, he can always manage to defeat them somehow. With just a sonic screwdriver. Okay, um, I'm Hannah Watterson, I'm from Sydney and my hero is Sarah Jane, the doctor's assistant, investigative journalist extraordinaire and, you know, the beater of the Daleks, the conqueror of the Daleks.
3: Why did you choose her?
1: Why did you choose Sarah Jane? Well, because she is the doctor's friend and I do love the doctor and I like somebody that beats Daleks.
3: Now, please ignore your phone, sir. Who are you, where are you from, who's your hero tonight and why?
1: My, sorry, you've caught me off guard while I'm sending Absolutely. a text message. I'm Corey. I work for CBS. I'm have co- come as a firefighter tonight because uh, when I was a kid, I, I wanted to be a fireman. Who didn't? You know, you see the big red truck going by with all the lights and the sirens, and I remember uh, being a kid at school, and the local fire department came to the school, and we all got to get in and ring the bell, and that was cool. So yeah, that's that's my inspiration.
2: Um, my name is Isabel. I'm from Los PR, and my childhood hero is the Tiger Duck. He follows the little tiger wherever he goes, even to
3: faraway places like Panama.
1: I am the karate kid, as in Daniel San, wax on, wax off. And, and why not? He's a hero.
3: And, and
2: in real life, who are you? Where are you from? I am Paul Sydney, ex CBS, now at Hewlett Packard. Hi, I'm Michael Lee, I'm a journalist for ZDNet Australia, covering the security beat. My superhero today is G.I. Joe. And I don't remember the last question. Why? Why am I... Look, I work in the security beat. Who else are you going to be? Are going to be... Please make your way inside. We're having uh, the Lucky Door Prize uh, anytime soon. You're going to be a Lucky Door Prize? Yes.
1: Is this an official recording, uh, Mr. Stilgarian? Uh, Mr. Sturgarian, uh, my name is uh, Mark, uh, I had a really bad childhood, and the only person in the world that would give me the strength to, to battle it all was, was, was Hulk Hogan, and I must say, like he pulled me through, seriously, and I'm, I, I'm honored to wear his outfit better than he does, because I've got even bigger muscles, and uh, I'll, I'll take anyone on tonight if they want, but I'd rather have a... Drink with them, and I'm having a blast tonight. It's awesome. How is your night going?
3: Uh, mine is fabulous, but I'm asking the questions here. thank oh, you. are you? Oh, sorry.
1: Apologise. Apologise. Apologize. We've got Leon in the room too. He might want to <laughs> add some uh, some of his Formula One uh, success stories. Well, well, unlike Mark, I had a very happy childhood. I'm dressed as a Formula One driver, but I'm not. I haven't come as any particular Formula One driver. I've actually come as the driver of the sports cars on my pyjamas when I was a kid. So very, very early childhood memories here of the hero of the sports car on the pyjama and the bed sheet and the curtains and the wall poster and the pillows and all those little imprints you get. And who are you and where are you from? I work for CBS as well. My name is Leon, I lead the Insights team. I must add that Leon is the most smart guy we know because he's got access to all the information. And, and yeah, he's fantastic to work with. My name is Corey McLeod. I'm the Managing Director of Espresso Communications. I am Pippi Longstocking tonight because she rocks. A girl left alone in the wilds, being able to be completely self-determinate, what else would you want with a monkey?
3: (laughs) Who are you? Where are you from? Tell us about your hero and
2: why. Right. Well, there's a lot of questions, first of all, isn't it? So, uh, who am I? I can answer that one. Uh, What was the second one? Am I taking too long on this? I don't know. It's all... Who are you? you? Where are you from? Tell us about your hero and why. Well, I'm Phil Dobby. I'm from my mother's womb. uh, And my hero... Well, do you know what? My hero is really uh, Kenny Everett. Because he was funny and he was a radio guy and i grew up and that's everything i loved and um yeah uh, but no one knows who he is now do they i mean he's do you know who he is i know
3: who he is but he's dead now he is
2: dead yeah well a lot of heroes are dead i mean there's that's the thing about heroes isn't it they die so never my message is never get too attached to them because at some point your hero will die you know um, unless it's superman maybe i don't know does superman die there's a good question in there.
1: Um, I'm
3: Liz and I'm interning at Bresma Stella and I'm dressed up as Sailor Moon because I always loved her when I was young.
2: Clearly I'm dressed as my father in his flabby middle-aged years uh, and I mean there's there's many layers to this because he was, you know, he couldn't be bothered really, he was the sort of person who couldn't really be bothered getting dressed up for a fancy dress party. So here I am as him, uh, put on a dressing gown. That's about as much effort as he would put into the whole thing. So. In his honour, you know, rest in peace, because he died many years ago and I'm clearly still getting over it. I have come as uh, in honour of my father. And as you can see, it's, it's bringing a tear to my eye as we speak. But it, it, it could just be the alcohol. I'm not sure. Oh, look, here comes some more now.
1: Who am I? Uh, wait, you mean who's my costume? I'm very confused. What's going on? Who are you? Your name? Where Lee you Harris. From? MCV Pacific What was the next question?
3: Who is your hero tonight and why? Uh, my hero tonight is not present
1: and I just dress like a dog because I thought it would be fun and I've never done it before I'm not obeying the rules It's horrible
3: Hi, I'm Lexi Savides from CNET Australia I am Barbarella and she is pretty much
0: amazing because she takes the clothes off you know, and everyone likes it which I won't be doing later
3: this evening My name is uh, Ram I am a uh, That's a lie I'm a cleric That's uh, From Dungeons and Dragons uh, I played the character from uh, the age of 11 until about 15 uh, And I went from level 1 through to level 36 And in original Dungeons and Dragons That meant I'd achieved the level of being able to petition to become a god uh, So yeah, I had a good time Uh, And uh, otherwise, I'm known as Seamus Byrne, editor of CNET. I'm Nick Ross. I'm from the ABC. Um, I'm Maverick from Top Gun. um, And I'm dressed like this because Seamus made me. And um, I'm very happy that he did. Why? Because, um, Jesus, it's Top Gun. You can't like it now quite as much as you did when you were a kid. Just remember, Steve Stevens on the guitar. Oh, my God, that got me into music. And what about the homoerotic overtones? Well, forget about that for now. Um, basically, there, well, I've just been discussing, there are three, three different stages of Top Gun. There's the homoerotic overtones, there's the blokes liking the flight suits, but the chicks, there's only the naval whites will do.
1: Suzanne Tindall
0: from ZZNet. Some people might call me the man in black. Others might call me the Dread Pirate Roberts, but my true love calls me Wesley. I watched The Princess Bride every weekend when I
3: was a child for about a year, 52 times. That's, that's a lot of weekends. And,
0: you know, Wesley was the perfect hero. He was sarcastic. He was strong. He, he beat the Spaniard. He beat the giant. And he beat the brain. Of course, he was
3: cheating, but never mind. And he got through the fire swamp, and he died and came back to life.
0: It had everything. Even a, um, was it an MLT? Mutton, lettuce, and tomato for this Billy Crystal? Yes, you've got to love that movie. If you haven't seen The Princess Bride, you have to see it. It's funny, even if you're
3: 90. Uh, I'm Nicole from Max Australia, and we're all here as the Sailor Moon girls. So I'm Sailor Jupiter, and we've got the crew here. And um, they fought evil so they're wonderfully good
2: <laughs>
1: I am Steven Spielberg I'm not sure why he's my hero maybe because he's a millionaire trillionaire, I don't know, what? Ow! It. What? Uh, Luke Hopewell from ZDNet Australia reporting from the CBS Interactive Christmas Party as Luke Skywalker came as Luke Skywalker simply because he's the original the best and the only superhero from a galaxy far, far away uh, my name's Joel Graham, I'm from Warner
3: Brothers Entertainment, uh, my childhood hero was Luke Skywalker, hence why I'm dressed as Luke Skywalker, with the, the what sets me aside from the other Luke Skywalkers I'm is the, is, is the, uh, lightsaber, this is a, a, fantastic replica you'll never find anywhere else in this room anyway. That is an authentic replica lightsaber, is yeah, it not? it's a good one, listen, if you listen, if you can hear the noises amazing and it lights up too you can't really see that now but it looks pretty good lit up right 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 <laughs> and why that choice uh i grew up with star wars a massive star wars fan this is already sitting at home and i said well jumped onto ebay and uh, the rest is history you can't see it with this but this is the best outfit in the in the room just to be clear
1: <laughs> the real
3: who am i the real who am i is uh, i'm Prue quinlan i'm from einstein's communications I've come tonight as Ariel, the Little Mermaid, my hero, gorgeous, lounges around, plays in the water, <laughs> seemed like some fun, and what, what else did you need to know? That's it. Why? That's it. Why? It's fun.
1: I'm from CBS Interactive. Uh, I am Freddie Mercury tonight, or as some thought, a council worker or one of the Beatles during the Sergeant Pepper's era.
3: That's because of the uh, beautifully uh, bright yellow... What do you call this uh, fabric treatment I keep... I don't... Synthetic.
1: Very synthetic. It's warm, but it's, uh, it's worth it.
3: Thousands of acryls died to make this outfit, <laughs> didn't they? And
1: it all seems to have come together. I had the Movember moustache going on. It's World AIDS Day and Freddie. And there was a documentary on the ABC last night about Freddie's life, so... It's, it's a perfect synergy, it's the right time.
3: And Freddie Mercury, for you, why?
1: Amazing vocal range, you know. Grew up listening to a lot of Queen, so it seemed like the right thing to do. Am I being recorded? I'm Jason Evans, I'm from Namco Bandai, I'm the PR manager. And uh, my, my superhero was the original Red Power Ranger, also named Jason. And which is why I am the Red Power Ranger. Just yeah. the name? Just the name, his name was Jason, and so I'm the Red Power Ranger. Girls want to be me, guys, no. <laughs> girls want to do me, guys want to be me. I'm Brian Haverty. I'm from uh,
2: CBS Interactive. Is that right? And America and uh, North Sydney, Neutral Bay, and my hero tonight is uh, Quincy, the original CSI, because I love uh, I love medical dramas. That was very straight, wasn't it? I'm Solid Snake.
3: I'm technically named Clint, and I'm the newest employee at CBS. I've chosen Solid Snake
1: because he's the most kick-ass PS3 character going around. Hi, my name's Guy. I'm from Mindscape. My hero is Cristiano Cristiano Ronaldo because he is the cover of Pro Revolution Soccer 2012, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, PS3, PSP, PC, and PlayStation 2. Like you're dressed as Spider-Man. I'm dressed as Spider-Man because I want to shout out to having a good time to CBS, GameSpot. They're a great supporter of Konami and Mindscape. And I think GameSpot have put on a very great com- very great company event tonight.
3: Uh, I'm Bobby from Media Contacts, and my hero is Super Ted, obviously. But why? Um, I just have great childhood memories of getting home from school and... Uh, being excited to watch Super Ted in the afternoons.
1: I'm Super KDR, who is Kaya's online personality, and I'm here tonight because CBS is awesome and I've had so many great years over the last five years working with them.
0: Oh, you big suck, Kaya. So many good years out of five years. So it obviously wasn't all of them. So how many was it, four or three? I mean, it can't have been two because that's not so many and it can't be one because that's not many at all really and awesome awesome what does that mean now people just keep going on about saying oh that was so awesome and when you click through and look at what they've just linked to you go yeah that was kind of like a mildly funny blog post that yeah all right I mean I'm convinced awesome in 2011 means possibly of mild passing interest Get a new word. Get a bit of fucking vocabulary, you stupid morons. And uh, that vox pop, yes, as I say, I'm terribly sorry. That was way, way, way too long. I'm sorry, but I had to do something with all the material. So all your little egos stroked now? Good. And so to the Daily Telegraph. Except this has really gone on long enough, hasn't it? I'll tell you about the Daily Telegraph next time. Right now, I'm going to wrap up with an edict. This is edict number 14. If you are producing a podcast, you shall get to the fucking point. We are not amused by podcasts that are little more than a bunch of people sitting around and crapping on for an hour or more. We have our own friends. We can sit with them and crap on and actually share drinks with them while we're doing it. If you are recording something for other people to listen to, you shall have the decency to think about it first. You shall figure out who's going to talk about what. You'll have some signals to indicate who's going to talk next. You'll edit out the boring bits. You will sit back away from the microphone when you laugh out loud so it doesn't overload things. You'll fix the fucking audio levels so we can hear you above the soaring sound of your own self-indulgent laughter. And you shall certainly not make a podcast as long as this boring rambling piece of shit has been that's all for the edict for now if you'd like to leave a comment go to the website if you'd like to leave an audio comment Skype to Stilgerian or telephone Sydney six one two eight zero double one three seven double three. 3733 the next edict will be when I bloody well get around to it because this is the 9pm edit good night
1: Okay, so, I'd like to tell you about Pro Evolution Soccer 2012. There's been a lot of debate about Pro Evolution versus FIFA 12. Would you like to hear about the differences between Pro Evolution 2011 and 2012? Do I have a choice? Do you have a choice? I would think not, sir. What do you reckon about that? I suspect I have no choice. Well, Pro Evolution Soccer 2012 has what's called Active AI, which is alternative intelligence. Yes? And instead of everyone swarming to the ball, the Active AI will make space for themselves and you can actually control one player off the ball using the right hand analog stick, so the player with the ball you're naturally using with the left hand analog stick, but the player off the ball using with the right hand analog stick You can make space for yourself and get that goal that you've been looking for without the the fact of the AI not knowing what to do. You can control them as well.
3: It's now 10.30pm at night and we've all been drinking.
1: Why are you still doing such a a PR spin? (laughs) Do you know why I'm doing such a PR spin? Would you like to know why? Well, I I believe I did ask that. Well, that's a good question because I love the company that I work for and... I do think that just confidentially between us and everyone else listening, no, no to one else is listening. everyone else listening to this podcast um Soccer has a superior gameplay because compared with compared with FIFA twelve compared with FIFA twelve because you can control off the ball players you have the AI that will anticipate where you're going you have 5 different settings of how hard you want the opposition to be i personally do you like the opposition hard I, I do i like the i like the opposition on the third hardest gameplay because when i move up to level 4 level 5 that's where it gets too intense for me however the experienced gameplay of Pro Evolution Soccer 2011 winning 11, all the other iterations, they know how the game works, and they know that they can take on these oppositions, so it it gives you the chance to set yourself the goal on how hard you want to set the game. So how much do you get paid? How much do I get paid? Not enough, but actually, I'm not too sad about that, because I'm working on great games from Konami, I'll get to play Pro Evolution Soccer 2012 whenever I want so I'm, I'm not just spitting the pay, I'm saying it's a great game to play Konami's a great company to work for, and we produce some really good games. Thank you sir I'm not finished, I'm not finished. Let's talk some more, let's talk some more about next year's releases, what do you reckon? Ask me what, what Again, what's I don't happening? have a choice, do I? What, what's happening in 2012? Uh, well, uh,
3: uh, I believe the end of the world is happening by the Mayan calendar
1: But Sir, may I ask you, isn't the Mayan calendar finishing about September 2012?
3: So it's still nine months of game sales.
1: Still nine months of game sales. Would you like to know what's coming out in, that, in those nine months? I get the feeling you're going to tell me no matter what my answer is. I also get the feeling that's, that that is going to happen. So, February 2nd, 2012. Are you a fan of Metal Gear Solid? no. You're not. No. Where have you been Does it have the last... submarines in it? 25 years. Does it have submarines in it? I would like to ask you, where have you been the last 25 years?
3: <laughs> I could give you a full list, but it would take too long.
1: <laughs> well, let me tell you about 2012 is the 25th anniversary of the Metal Gear Solid series. So February 2nd, 2012, in Australia and all PAL territories, we have Metal Gear Solid HD collection coming up. It is not just one game. It is not just two games. It is three games rolled into one. Does it have steak knives? Maybe. Maybe. But let me continue. Let me continue. So you have Metal Gear Solid Sure, SD cards are cheap, mate. We're not talking about SD cards. We're talking about Metal, Metal Gear Solid HD Collection. So we have Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater, and Metal Gear Solid from the PlayStation P for the very first time on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. So in one game you have over 80 hours of gameplay for only 79.95. You can relive the entire Metal Gear Solid series. Thank you, sir. You can relive the entire Metal Gear Solid series. 79.95. Over 80 hours of gameplay. And prepare yourself for the eventual Metal Gear Solid Rising. Have you heard about Rising, sir? No, I have not, but I get the feeling I'm about to. (laughs) I can't say much about Rising, because there is not much known about Rising. But I'm just saying that for you Metal Gear Solid fans out there, you probably know what Rising is, and it's coming soon. And the HD Collection is the way to get yourself back into the story. On your current generation consoles before Rising comes out. Is there any chance if you start eating that pie you'll stop talking? There's a possibility that the pie eating will enhance the stop talking. Let's see how that goes, folks. Folks, I'm gonna eat a pie right now. No, no. Thank you. Where where are you from again?